All right, welcome into the Maddie Ice and Jake Smith show. This is amazing. This is a great thing for me right now. I'm excited to get into it with my guy Jake. Uh, for those that don't know, we ran a pretty cool contest here at the fan with the Ohio Media School and gave a listener a chance to come in here with me. For some reason, that's sounded like fun. I don't know why, but now we're here doing it. And my guy Jake is in the building. Jake. How you feeling, big dog? It's good to see you. Thank you so much, honestly, um, for Glad participating in this. I appreciate your time, man. How you doing? Yeah, dude, I'm doing well. I appreciate you and uh, Matty Ice, the Jake Smith show. That sounds pretty good, huh? Not bad, right? Tell AR. That's not bad. No. He he won't. You know, he'll he'll you know he'll share me for a little bit. He'll share me for a little bit. I dig it. So now you know. Before we get into some things that are uh, some fun topics out there that I know you wanted to get into, just let the folks know kind of who you are, your backstory what you're interested in, the teams you root for, and all that type of stuff. Teams I root for, uh, that's pretty good. I'll save that for the end, maybe keep uh, some some folks listening a little bit longer. But uh, I've been in the podcast game a little bit. I, I did a weekly live show called the Everything Buckeye Nation show the last mm, four years or so. Okay. Um, the pages are still up, Facebook, Instagram. So go and check those out if uh, if you got the time. <laughs> I don't do many live shows anymore. I got a little boy at home. Congrats um, on that. And we moved into a new house. So the, we, we did the whole um, studio, turned into a nursery type deal. Okay. So all I my equipment you. went to the basement. Um, but we're in a new house, might be getting it back going. So, yeah. uh, you know, stay tuned. Okay. But uh, born and raised in Columbus, a diehard Buckeye fan. Yeah. Went to the, the University of Cincinnati, so big Bearcats guy as well. And uh, Okay. Uh, and you know we'll get into it, but uh, college, college football specifically is my my cup of tea. That's where you like to get busy. At. Yeah. Okay, that's your lane. Yep. right there. So no, uh, look, you mentioned you're a Bearcat fan. I'm sure last year was very exciting for you with what Fick had going on and just that team that just had so much talent. I, I had always been for years, even coming up to last year, a huge Desmond Ritter fan. Like I love that dude. I always saw the vision. I think he will be a solid pro in the league uh, one day, but you're seeing guys now from that team make a real impact in the league already. I mean, you look at the hype around Sauce Gardner. That dude's putting dudes in handcuffs, it feels like, every single week, walking out of Lambo with cheese heads on. Oh, man. I'm here for all that? that. I'm here for all that. And then Alec Pierce, right? Making some noise for the Colts, like Game that winner. special team last year that Fig had. It was great, man. They and and I knew from the jump that he was going to be good and do big things at UC. He was hired in I think December of 2016, which was right after I had graduated. And I was telling all my Bearcats, like, because <laughs> you know Ohio State, DC. I'm very familiar with this guy. Like, yeah. this guy is he is exactly what Cincinnati needs, especially after. The Tommy Tuberville era where he didn't really care about, you know, the city that much, didn't recruit Cincinnati kids, and Fickles hit that harder than anybody. And obviously it shows they had nine draft picks last year. Only, I think, Georgia and LSU had more, which is a little surprising. It's crazy. But uh, he can do big things, man. And uh, when he didn't take the Notre Dame job because they promoted Marcus Freeman, I don't know how Notre Dame's feeling about that right now, but uh, (laughs) – I was a happy man because when I saw Brian Kelly was leaving, I I was like, that's it, man. Fix gone. Yeah. Felt that way for a lot of people. But, no, you got a good one, man. I think everybody now knows what what Fix all all about. And I, I, you know, fully expect him to uh, continue to steer that steering wheel in the right direction, man, because I think everybody buys into what he's selling and and rightfully so. So I hit you up on on email the other day. 
And I said, I want to follow your lead. I want to follow your lead on this podcast. You're the contest winner. I want to get into what you want to talk about. So Jake sent me an email with a prep sheet attached to it because the dude, you're just a pro, bro. And like, you're a pro, man. You can tell you've already done this before. Appreciate and the that. top of your prep sheet says why college football is a better product than the NFL. Now, I found this very interesting because I love both. I love both equally. I don't have many beef with each side. But for you to create a headline like that, walk me through why you feel college football is a better product in the league. All right. So I sent you the prep sheet, right? I've got five reasons in bold here. Okay. Now, I don't have anything against the NFL. I, I love football more than anything minus my family. <laughs> that's the correct answer right there. Just to let um, you know, that's the correct answer. I appreciate that. Well, and I don't know if it's just growing up in Columbus or what it is, but I've always felt more connected to college football more than the NFL. And, and the primary reason for that is to borrow my guy Vince Vaughn's line in Wedding Crashers. College football is like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. <laughs> now, when the NFL games are bad, yeah, and we've had a few recently, Thursday night games. Yeah. Colts, Broncos, 12 to 9. Nasty. Commanders, Bears, 12 to 7. Even last night's game, Monday night football with what Chargers, Broncos was pretty ugly. When NFL games are bad, they're bad. Like they're tough to watch, like brutal. I mean, I'm talking punishment. Mm -hmm. When college football games are bad, it's entertaining. (laughs) There's no expectation for these guys to be perfect. And you get some pretty hilarious situations yeah. where I don't watch football for the greatest players. Mm-hmm. I watch football because I love football and I want to be entertained. And you get some, you get some moments in the college game that are just, just so good. And, and so to give a couple examples from earlier this year, UCF was playing South Carolina state and South Carolina state had a fourth and 19. So they got their punt team out. Punter gets the ball. He's getting pressured. So he starts to run. He crosses the line of scrimmage, goes about 10, 15 yards, approaching that first down marker, and then punts the ball. <laughs> and then he punts the ball. And even the commentators are speechless. Yeah. They're like, uh, that's not allowed. I, to be honest with you, I don't even know what they called, what the penalty was called, but it was called back. And it's just, you wouldn't see that on Sundays. Yeah. And it's just, it's so good. Um, Let me have, ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. Let me stop you there. Because you said something interesting that I couldn't wait to just pick your brain on. You said you're born and raised here in Columbus, Ohio. In this town, as you know, it's different than a lot of other cities just because essentially Ohio State is your professional team. Do you believe that if you grew up in Cleveland or Cincinnati, you would feel the same way about the two products? That's a great question, and I'm I'm not sure that I would. Yeah, I actually posed this question to my buddies a few weeks back. Um because they're from Cleveland and Cincinnati. And, you know, they grew up going and rooting for the Bengals and the Browns, and mm-hmm. that was kind of it. But, you know, I've been to an Ohio State game every year since 99, thanks to my dad and my family, and just growing up five minutes from the shoe. Yeah. I think that definitely puts college football in a better light 
hits um, a little different for you. It does. I get that. No, I I totally get that because you know around here, I mean, it, it's Buckeyes 24-7, 365. There's always something that you can get into. And I always say this. Look, there's so many great things this city has to offer. But a Saturday down at the shoe, I think it's the best thing that we offer here in Columbus. And that atmosphere, the energy that you feel, the family ties that you see, as you're mentioning, that it's a generational thing. Whether it's toddlers all the way up to grandparents, you can just see and feel it um, down there. So there's no doubt that when you look around college football, and I have to imagine that we would probably get a similar vibe down in Tuscaloosa, right? Where you're talking about down in Alabama, that's the sole focus. Yep. I mean, they don't even have Bengals or Browns or any other options like that in that state. So when you get into these type of towns to where the city has one thing to really focus on, um, this is the passion that you get. And I was just curious that to pick your brain on that front, because I think it's it's easy to understand where you're coming from when you grew up here in Columbus, Ohio. And as you mentioned, you were right around the corner from the stadium. Right. And, and that's a great point. And I think any any, you know, any kid that is growing up in a city with a big sports team is going to have that, yeah. you know, devotion yeah. to whatever whatever program is is in that city. But um yeah man and that, that kind of gets into another one of my points is that the the tradition what it means i think and and you know ha- have the uh the um uh, mute button ready i guess but the the give a damn factor well that, that's a, that's allowed you're, you're good with that okay all right. you're good just with making that sure we didn't clear this before <laughs> no, that's i only allowed. had about two minutes in here no. <laughs> but uh so college kids right they can get nil money now yeah which is great, and I fully support that. But the the dream is still the NFL. They're mm-hmm. trying to get to that next level, that multi-million dollar contract. In the NFL, they've reached that goal. Mm-hmm. They have the multi-million dollar contract. And I'm not saying these guys aren't competitors because you don't get to the NFL if you aren't an elite competitor right. who wants to win more than anything. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is, if you know, and there's a lot of incentives that go into these deals, and that's great. But normally, win or lose, if you're an NFL player, you're going home with a million-dollar check at the end of the day to a lovely family, big house. So you lost to the Jaguars. Hmm. Who cares? Yeah. In the college game, you're still trying to grind and get to that next level. And every game matters. In the college game, if you're trying to win a college or a conference championship or a national championship – You've got one loss to play with. Maybe, like, two is a killer. Maybe one, you can still get through and reach your goals. But for the most part, there's very, very little room for error. In the the NFL game, you can have some teams that are 500 or below making the playoffs. What is this, the NBA? I know you're an NBA guy. Huge. Huge. And you're probably very excited about opening night tonight. But Yes, I am. And I'm I'm no anti-NBA guy, and we don't need to get, get into that. But the more than half the teams in the league making the playoffs. I, I, now, know. see, that that's I do have a problem with that. I, I do have a problem with that. Let me stop you right there because I want to pick your brain on a couple things. Yeah. Because I'm 100% with you on the pressure that certain programs feel throughout the regular season in college football. I love every single ounce of that angle. But when we talk college football playoff expansion, my beef has been we're going to lose that. And we are going to – 
would you be worried about complacency coming into effect there with certain teams and certain players knowing, hey, we can lose two games and still get into the 12-team field? And at that point, maybe we're having conversations about three lost teams getting into a 12-team playoff. Are you concerned about that at all when we get there? I think there's a little bit there because it's unknown. Yeah. Um, I think, you know... <sighs> There, there are positives and negatives around this argument, uh, you know, on both sides where now, sure, you're opening the playoff for more teams, which is great, but now, like, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, probably in every year. It's a lock. Because if even if they lose two games, they're getting in. They're, they're probably getting in. Getting in. And they're, and they're going to be hosting a playoff game. Right. Which that's another issue I have with the, you know, the first four get a bye, which is great. But then five, seeds five through eight get a host a home game. I think the next round should also be on on home campuses because Ohio State's not going to host a home playoff game unless they don't win the Big Ten. Correct. And that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Now let's stay here because you mentioned NIL and you mentioned guys in the league getting their bread and not being too concerned about stats or concerned about teams' wins or losses. And I agree with you because I, I think that absolutely is real. But now that we're in this NIL world, is that a concern for you? Have you thought about that as these guys getting these big deals and there's been a whole bunch of stuff reported? And I'm look, I also want to say these guys deserve that. They absolutely deserve it. But as a fan that really loves college football, has that crossed your mind that there may be complacency set in on that front? Well, I think there's a little bit of that that is natural, especially since it's early on yeah. right now. Um You've seen it a little bit with Ohio State this year, in particular in the defensive backfield. I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, you secure the bag in the offseason. Maybe you don't have that much of an effort, and it's showing on the field. I do think that'll naturally start to slow down a little bit um, because at the end of the day, the main goal is still to get to the league and to get that. To get the generational wealth. Exactly. Whether you're supporting your family or you're pulling an Aaron Rodgers, like whatever you want. (laughs) And, and so I do, it's a valid point. And I think, you know, you see guys like this, this recruit getting an $8 million deal to go play QB at Tennessee. Crazy. (laughs) If that guy isn't an all American, they're going to have some problems in Knoxville. They're not going to be happy with that. Those boosters paying that check. Right. So I think it'll slow down eventually. Okay. okay. But, you know, it is something to be concerned about. Okay. Of course. Hit me with reason number three. Oh, let's see. Um, I think there are more exciting outcomes in the college game. When there's a big upset in the NFL, it's not even talked about like two or three days later. So a couple examples I have. Week three, the Colts beat the Chiefs. <laughs> totally unexpected. Nobody really cared. It wasn't talked about that much. Same week, the Jaguars played the Chargers. Chargers, dark horse Super Bowl contender maybe. Jaguars, been the top pick last couple years, kind of garbage. Jaguars win 38-10. to 10. Pretty surprising, but nobody talks about it. And I, and I know that's because there's less parity in any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can win. But it's just not as exciting as in the college game where – Appalachian State gets paid $1.5 million just to show up <laughs> at Kyle Field in College Station, yeah. and they take down the Aggies, right. and they take their $1.5 million. Yeah. Uh, they That actually got them 
college game day the next week. Yeah. And one student had a sign that said, the only ATM with the A&M logo that lets you withdraw $1.5 million. <laughs> You don't correct me if I'm wrong, but the game where game day showed up, didn't they have like a walk-off? Why in the hell yeah, Mary? But hail, some, Mary. hail Mary to win the game that Saturday, that right? Day. <laughs> they got some magic in, in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah. Another one of those games this year, Middle Tennessee State goes in to Coral Gables and takes down the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, they also got paid $1.5 million just to show up, and people are talking about it for weeks. The, the head coach of the Blue Raiders, Rick Stockstill, actually said on radio a few days later after that game, he said, yeah, they gave us 1.5 mil, but we gave them 1.6 yards per carry. <gasps> love that. I mean. Love that. What a lie. Yeah, that's bars right there. I tell you. <laughs> I love it. And it's just, it's these, you know, sure, there's less parity, so it gives you a bigger chance of more surprising or exciting outcomes. Yeah. But as a fan... I love seeing the game day signs. I love seeing the upsets. People talking about it for weeks. There's an upset in the NFL. It's it's not even news a couple days later. So on to the next one. That's right. On to the next one. Can I bring Business up can right. I can I cheat a little bit? Do it. Cuz you had a reason on here that I couldn't wait to get to that oh, I 100% yeah. agree with. The atmospheres. The atmospheres in college football smash the atmospheres in the NFL. You'll run into a couple to where arrowheads rocking at night or sure. you get Lambo and it's cold and all that type of, but the juice that you feel from a college football game is unmatched to me. It is unmatched. I think almost to any sport anywhere in the world because I got chills watching that Tennessee Alabama game. How good was that? When that ball goes through the upright or wobbles through the upright, <laughs> through the upright there, I got chills after that, man, because you just see the joy the noise, the fans have been waiting for moments like that, especially Tennessee because it's been, what, 15 straight games against Bama to where they lost. Never against Saban. Before that one, right. So I'm 100% in your camp when we talk about the atmosphere that a college football game can present. I think it's a match, man. Well, and I think there are a couple reasons for that. One, there's the, like, nostalgia factor, right, for those that maybe that's their alma mater or they, or they went to these big games as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's special. And I think college game day and, and Fox's big noon kickoff play a part of that as well mm -hmm. because they're showcasing these campuses. The the fans around those programs want them to come here. Yeah. And you don't see that like in the NFL. They, they don't show it, I should say. Yeah. You know, they got um, six dudes in a studio <laughs> talking about the games of the week and stats and this and that. And, um, is Aaron Rodgers washed and all this and that, but they don't show any tailgating or any pregame atmosphere. Um, and one point I wanted to make, like there's something like likable or even romanticized about college kids being kind of stupid, making signs, you know, having too many libations. Oh, well, yeah, that's the fun part. But in the NFL, when there's a 40 year old man, Jumping, jumping through a table, like, that's great, right? Like, go Buffalo, that's awesome. Yeah. But at some point, like, yeah. that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> I mean. You're not here for old dudes jumping through tables? You're out on that. Maybe I'm just like, hey, I'm pushing 30. Like, <laughs> I couldn't do it. So, I don't know, man. Oh, but man. I don't know if they just don't show it enough. But yeah. the atmospheres, you got bigger crowds. It's just. To add to your point. When we get to the biggest games of the year for both sports, right? 
when we talk Super Bowl for the NFL, college football playoff in the Natty and college football. Not even close when you talk atmosphere. You talk to a whole bunch of people, and I have for years, that have gone to Super Bowls throughout their careers. I've never gone to one. Mm-mm. But every time you hear someone talk about the environment at a Super Bowl, it's it's corporate. It's real business-like. You didn't drop 20 Gs to go last year? It, no. Never will. <laughs> never will, big dog. I don't even have that in my bank account right now. I can't even get there if I wanted to. Nope. I, but when we talk about a national championship game and a college football playoff, it's going to be on and popping in that arena. You better believe it. No matter where's the game at. I don't care if Bama fans got to go to the Rose Bowl. If USC fans got to go down to the Mercedes-Benz Dome in New Orleans, it's going to be rocking. So even when the Super Bowl is on its biggest stage or the NFL is on its biggest stage, the atmosphere still isn't even that great. Well, and, and it helps when you got a good game, right? Yeah. Like the Ohio State-Alabama Sugar Bowl – in 2014, you know, 2015, I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, close game, high stakes. It was electric. Mm-hmm. Zeke busts that 85-yard run. Yeah. Place goes berserk. Yeah. And then you've got games like the national championship game in 2020 when Ohio State and Alabama face off. You line in tough Borland up on Devontae Smith. Yeah. Alabama runs away with it. Not great. That was not, I mean, certainly not a great job by the Ohio State defensive staff, but – Less juice around that, so the, the the quality of the game definitely helps. Yeah, in that in that arena. Oh man, I'm with you. So no, I just wanted to jump to that point because I was looking over this prep. Show. I can't wait to talk to him about the atmospheres, man. Because I completely agree with you. I, I completely agree. So sorry if I got you off track. I just couldn't wait to get to that. What You're else good, you man. want to throw at me, man? Because I like everything that you you had going on right now. I think the the give a damn factor is is absolutely huge. What about these rules, though? You got something on rules? You yeah, I think uh, I just like the the rules in co- in the college game better. Uh, specifically, a couple ones. Overtime, college overtime, for its faults, is still better than the NFL's. Mm-hmm. Both teams get a chance with the ball. How is that that hard? Yeah. It shouldn't be. It really it really should not yeah, be. I, I, listen, I'm with you, man. Like The, the nonsense the NFL does or where one team scores a touchdown and it's a wrap, it's a problem. It's in its nature – Unfair. Yes. And and so I'm so glad you brought that up because there's always this pocket of fans that you'll hear, just pocket of people talking about fair. That word doesn't mean it shouldn't matter in sports. It should. It should because the outcome of the game, we should be walking away and saying, we feel good about both teams having the same opportunity to get a win. And we've watched these games in the NFL and you walk away saying, well, that didn't even make any sense because I don't know, quarterback X didn't even get a chance to touch the ball. What are we doing? These dudes battle it out for this whole game and then you're telling them they don't even get a chance to get the ball back? Makes zero sense. That's really well said. And, and, you know, it's funny because we just had the Chiefs and Bills match up on Sunday and they're, you know, Remembering, remember that classic game. And yeah, it was a classic game in the playoffs where Josh Allen had the game of his life and literally didn't get the ball in overtime. And he, like, how do you deliver that message to him? Like, oh, you go home, you weren't good enough. Yeah. Except for the, you know, 350 yards and four (laughs) touchdowns. The show I put on, okay. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Not at all. So I'm with you on the overtime rules all day long on that. All day long. And the other one is, is a little bit more up for debate. Um, Pass interference. I hate pass interference in the NFL because it's a spot foul. Yeah. Now, in in the college game, it's only 15 yards, mm-hmm. right? So it's not as dire of a penalty. And I know in the NFL, these 
those players are more talented, you know, they have better technique, they shouldn't be, you know, committing pass interference, but the the reality of the situation is one single snap, a judgment call from the ref, if there's mm-hmm. a bump, if there's a bump in coverage can change the entire outcome of the game with a spot foul. It's a backbreaker for it's, a defense. Oh, it's killer. How many times how many times has Tom Brady thrown up a deep ball towards the end of the, and not just him, but I swear he gets quite the benefit of the doubt. Well, um, look at that rough in the passer call from the couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, don't even get me started. There There's benefit of the doubt for you right there. <laughs> there. There it is. But the spot foul, man, it's just it like you said, it's a backbreaker. It's yeah. killer. Like yeah. you've played 100 plus snaps. Very close, hard-fought game the whole way, and then a judgment call by the. Re- Do we trust these refs? I don't. I don't. I mean, I I don't trust. Like college refs aren't very good, but it seems like the NFL officiating affects the game far more than college does, and that's probably because there's a talent disparity. But the point remains the same. Like the NFL refs are brutal, mm-hmm. and it, it one bump in coverage, and that ref out there thinks, you know what? I think that was pass interference. Here's 40 yards. Yeah. And now you're in field goal range it's or bad. closer to the end zone. It's just it's bad. It makes it hard to watch. It does. It does. No, I completely agree. I'm too I'm, I'm two for two with you, man, on these rules. I'm with you. You got Let's anything go. else? Any other rules? Just those off the top of the dome? Those were the big ones. Okay. Uh yeah. I mean, you know, you can talk about targeting in college football, and that is pretty bad, but it's tough, man. That's a dicey one, right? When we, we talk about that, like it's so easy for us consuming the product, sitting on the couch, seeing the slow down version of this, right? And the one that always jumps to my mind is Sean Wade a couple years ago out in the desert against Trevor Lawrence, right? I think he would. He came on that blitz or he whatever just broke it my was. Heart again, and he just, I just, he just feel it. He crouches down like Trevor Lawrence crouches, crouches down, and Sean Wade goes in. What do you want the man to do? So we see that all the time. My look, and I have no issue with protecting players, the brain stuff. That's as real as it gets, and that should be absolutely, absolutely highlighted and, and really focused on. Is this the weight of the penalty? I think they should remix just a little bit as far as guys getting kicked out in the second half of the game and having to miss a portion of time in the next game. None of that stuff makes sense to me. Like if a guy gets kicked out of the game, he's out of the game. He should be able to come right back the next week. That's where I'm at with targeting. Protect the players at all costs, but I think we should tweak it just a little bit to take away the weight of that penalty. I like that too, and and if we can get a um, incidental rule in there as well, sure. like yes, it was helmet to helmet, but there was not intent. That's the Some word. of these you see like, whew, dudes loading up. That was yeah. a launch. Right. That was brutal. <laughs> right. And that should be tossed. Yeah, man. But the Sean Wade example is great because I'm not even really sure that, like, what it was he hit with the crown of his helmet. Trevor Lawrence, 6'6". Six, six. Right. He's ducking down. And and some of these, right, there's helmet to helmet, but it wasn't intentional, and you're going to throw a man out for that yeah, and make him miss the first half of next game? Change the dynamic of the game. Change the, change the dynamic of the game. It's tough. So it is very tough. So, no, all the stuff that you brought up today, man, I agree – um, with a lot of it, because I do think when you compare college football to the NFL right now and vice versa, you can go back and forth. But the purity of college football, I think, is what a lot of people have loved and will continue to love. There's a lot of realignment coming mm-hmm. our way, right, with just conference additions and mega conferences and college football playoff expanding. The sport that you and I love has changed and is going to continue uh, to change. And I just can't wait to see 
and you're throwing up the Johnny Manziel in here, and you're right, and you're right to do it because that's the driving force of a lot of this. Now, the decision makers, they'll never admit it, but they don't have to admit it because we can look at what they're doing and figure out what's going on as they feel like they're leaving a lot of coin on the table. And these people are not going to do that anymore. And I think that's why we're getting the decisions that they make. Because I'm not convinced that the people that are making these decisions on the college football playoff expansion are really sitting back and saying, well, we think there's a whole bunch of other teams that are national championship worthy. I don't believe that. I think they're sitting back and saying, we know that people are going to be sitting down on their couches, having parties and doing all this stuff at the bars. And millions and millions of people are going to watch these games. I think that's what's going on. Oh yeah, and then they and th- and then just like the NFL players, they go back to their big houses with yep. their fat checks. Yep, and deposit another. One. And they're living large. They're living large. I got some rapid fires for you. You ready? Oh, or did we get through what you wanted? Did we're we? Good, we're man. good there. Okay. Yeah, this so is I got some surprise. fun rapid fires right. for you. Okay. No, you're a big Buckeye fan. Give me the dream college football atmosphere that you would want to go to. Not. Name the shoe, because I know you've been there plenty of times. I have. Um, the Rose Bowl. Okay. That's the one. Um, preferably with uh, in a playoff format. Okay. And not, you know, like uh, it sucks to say that the Rose Bowl is, you know, a, a one-off when it's not part of the, the playoff. Yeah. It's like, well, it's the Rose Bowl, but, yeah, you know. So, so preferably in a playoff format, but the Rose Bowl, never been out there, a definite bucket list item. Okay. See those mountains, the sunset. Can't be, be beautiful. It looks amazing on TV. I can't wait to get out there, too. Favorite Buckeye football player of all time? Ezekiel Elliott. Why? 85 yards through the heart of the South, That baby. moment yep. stuck with you. Yep. The dude was a beast, right? I mean, come on. The Honorable dude. mention, Michael Thomas. Oh, can't guard him. Can't. Can't guard the man. Unless he's inactive. Well, very true. <laughs> College football player you would like to add to this year's Ohio State team? It could be anybody. I'm talking in history or guys that are playing right now. You're looking at an undefeated Ohio State football team at the moment. A lot of people think that they really have the goods to be the last team standing. You could add any player in the history of the game or do playing right now to this year's team. Who you add? Uh, well, I'm going to stick with the Buckeye alumni. Okay. Um, and I'm going to stick in the secondary at cornerback. Probably go Antoine Winfield. Ooh. Can't go wrong with that. Well, you know, I'm thinking him. I'm thinking Sean Springs. I'm trying to think of elite cornerbacks. Malcolm Jenkins played corner when he was at Ohio State. Okay. Um, I think we need the corner help. That's where I'd add it right now. Next one. Three-round fight, Coach Day or Coach Ciano? <laughs> I got Coach Day, man. <laughs> I do. He might, uh, he might let up in the second round. Okay. But he'd finish it in the third. Halloween season is here. Give me Jake Smith's favorite candy. Hmm. Tough one. Hard to go away from the Reese's Cup. Okay. Honorable mention Twix, Snickers, Three Musketeers. Okay. Why'd you say like Ron Burgundy? (laughs) Because I like, I could throw a lot in there. Okay. But uh, just as a, you know, third. That was probably my favorite as getting Crunch Bar also. Um, very underrated. Underrated. Very underrated. Now, you're never going to go to prison, but you get one last meal prison style. Give me your f- favorite meal of all time or your three-course meal that you would piece together. One last meal. Man, that's tough. Um, a lot of my uh, folks at work 
I'm on the social media team at Nationwide. Okay. They know this. Uh, sucker for fried chicken. Okay. Any sort of chicken wings, tenders, you name it. All right, let's stay there. Chicken wing sauce of choice. When I go to Roosters, I go donkey garlic. Ooh. Now, it's a little on the the spicier end. Okay. But the flavor is, is, is so good. Uh, I'm not really like a spicy food kind of guy. Right. But I can handle some hot wings. Now, you're speaking to my heart because every time I go to Roosters, I'm a hot garlic combination. Like, Ooh. give me that all day long. I can't do the hot stuff. My nose starts to run. Then I'm crying like a baby and all that. Can't do it, big dog. Can't do it. Rancher blue cheese. I don't care. I'd, I'd I'd pick ranch probably. Okay. But I'm not a I'm not anti blue cheese. Um, thoughts on boneless wings? I think they're glorified, you know, nuggets or chunks of chicken. Okay. But okay. I do get the boneless wings when I go to Roosters because they're bigger. Okay. They're huge. Now you you may have already answered this, but your favorite Buckeye moment of all time. Um. I'll. I'll Go away from Zeke's run, and we'll say, holy Buckeye, okay. Michael Jenkins at Purdue in 2002. I remember it like, uh, uh, I should say, shouldn't say like it was yesterday because I was eight years old, but <laughs> me and my mom at my uh, granny's house, just us three, jumping up and down like like uh, buffoons, you as get, you do. You get the right, as, and as you should. You get the party with one former Buckeye. One day, you guys just have all, you can do whatever you want. I got a private jet lined up for you. I got a resort set up for you. One former Buckeye you want to party with for a day. Art Schleister. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> He's been in the news recently. <laughs> that he has. Um, no, you got to be careful here, I think. Um, man, you stumped me. It's rapid fire, too, and here I am. Oh, take your time, baby. Um, take your time. Let's go with Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. Because the man is as polished as you get. I know I'm not going to get into any trouble. Yeah. yeah. But he, he's got a nice payday recently. Wow. I think we'll have a good time. Shots on Scary Terry, huh? Okay, sure. No, I don't think he'd be bothered by that one bit. And I'll get you out of here on this one. All right. Hit me with what you believe will be this year's four teams in the college football playoff. Okay. Um, I think it'll be Georgia. Georgia will be in there. Okay. Let's go Ohio State, Clemson, Mm. the Wolverines. Okay. So they're going to circle back around. With what I th- believe you're going to say is one loss to Ohio State. I hope. And still get back in. It's going to be a handful of a game. Yeah. It's going to be a handful be, of a game. I'm already nervous. Well, you should. Because they're, you know what they're bringing to the table. That's growing up in Columbus, too. Right. Like, I'm nervous whether they're 0-11 or 11-0, <laughs> and it sure looks like they're going to be the latter. Fair enough. But what we're looking at this year, Jake, is an Ohio State squad that I think you and I believe can feel the confetti touching their dome at the end of the year, being the last team standing. I think they've got the goods. They have what it takes. You mentioned that game against Michigan. That's going to be a put your big boy pants on because Blake Corm, this offensive line, they're coming to beat you up. They're coming to beat you up, and for the most part, they've beaten everybody up so far this season, just 
Look at what they did to Penn State just a couple days ago. So that game is no doubt going to be the ultimate test of physicality. We watched the game a year ago talking about that team up north, and there were people questioning the toughness of Ohio State in that game. So you got to have some confidence, though, because this Ohio State defense has shown at least that they can handle the run. But all the emotion tied into that, it's going to be something, man. Yeah. It's going to be something. Shout out to Jim Knowles. He's done an incredible job fixing up this defense. Yeah. Um, they're defending the run extremely well. We haven't really been tested in the air that much. No. And but. I thought that game would be Maryland, but Talia's out now. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but they had done a good job putting it up in the air for the most part this year, and they had talented wide receivers, so I'm kind of backing off of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I don't know where that's coming. Is it Clifford and Parker Washington? I don't know. Is it going to be J.J. McCarthy and Bell when we get to – I don't know. It's just you don't look down the line right now and see – that team so this secondary I'm with you is that I feel great about what we got going on up front Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers have been balling this year but that secondary while the numbers are telling us it's not that bad I'm viewing it as well what about when you see a I don't know USC Tennessee those teams that can get up and down the field are they going to answer the call there that's just my one question mark I got that's it I'm not worried about the safeties but the cornerback health is worrisome that's and real. I tell you what, uh, we need Jordan Hancock back, man. That dude is legit. Yeah, he he's absolutely a baller. Jake, before we get out of here, big dog, let the folks know where we can find you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at Jake Smith, E-B-N, as in Everything Buckeye Nation, on Twitter. Uh, and follow the Everything Buckeye Nation pages on Facebook and Instagram. And we I just started a TikTok a few weeks back with it. Oh, you dancing? Starting to get it up and... Okay, I, thought, I don't know. That's what I uh, need. I you didn't for. know you. Were t- That's what I need you for, man. I'm a jabby walkie at night. I can hold it down. Hey, okay. Down. <laughs> there you go. No, man. That's it. This has been uh, this has been a, a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. No, man. Honestly, thank you. Um, I was really antsy to do this. Uh, once I found out that you were going to be in on this, man, I uh, knew that you come in here and bring it, and you absolutely have. So, no, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you even being interested in coming in here and chop it up with a dude like me, man. So, no, thank you. Uh, this has been amazing, folks. Again, make sure you go follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Smith EBN. This has been the Matty Ice and Jake Smith Show. Thanks for listening, folks.